Welcome to the ESPN 1000 Miller Life Post Game Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Sometimes when you're 5-2, and two, you're moved to the national spotlight game, whether you like it or not. The Bears-Saints game has been moved from a noon kick to a 325 kickoff next week on Fox. And I'm wondering, Howard, if uh, Fox might want to take that back after the display they saw <laughs> They saw tonight. My, oh, my. Uh, before we bring in J.D., really quick, uh, your thoughts on Matt Nagy. He was certainly caught off guard by the uh, Brian Greasy comments that were, were relayed to him in the postgame there. Yeah, so so let me start off with he mentioned scat protection early in his his comments, and and scat protection essentially means that you're releasing that back out of the backfield. He doesn't have any responsibility for helping out with the offensive lineman, and that was the play I was alluding to earlier when Montgomery went went out into the flat and the interception was thrown to Ramsey. But I I got to tell you, Jeff, mm-hmm. there's a disconnect in the offices at Hallis Hall. And it is not a doubt in my mind. Ryan Pace and Nagy are not on the same page at all mm-hmm. because he is very quick to take care of his players and, and talk about, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything bad about my players. We're, we're doing this because he doesn't want, that's just how he is because of the mm-hmm. relationship that he has with these guys. But, they're not on the same page. And for him to say, I've never been a part of anything like this. And I know he mentioned that the defense scoring more points than the offense, but no, <laughs> they've got some problems up there internally. It there, is a doubt in my mind. I've seen this before. There is no doubt. And uh, we will bring uh, the folks out there who are listening uh, Nick Foles' is, uh, post-game Zoom as well. I know J.D. took that in. We'll bring him into the conversation. Now, Nick Foles uh, did his best to try and put this fire out, but I have to imagine it's not going to go away easily. Jeff, your thoughts on the Brian Greasy comments and the ensuing uh, collateral damage that the Bears have to deal with right now? Well, again, it's, as you said, Jeff and Howard, I mean, Matt Nagy, of all the things he was expecting to be asked about after the game when it comes to the offensive failures tonight, I, I don't think that was even in the stratosphere. So, look, I, I'm i sure that that's what was relayed to Brian Greasy, and Brian Greasy, you know, did his thing and, and said it on TV. I mean, I can't imagine that there would be a miscommunication between two veteran quarterbacks. I think Brian Greasy understands the quarterback position, speaks the same language as Nick Foles. So I don't really think something like that would get lost in translation. That's just my personal opinion. Um, It is just another layer of of problems they're having. And, uh, you know, for, for Matt Nagy to say that, you know, he hasn't, been a part of anything like this well I mean maybe he means before coming to Chicago uh, because it has been an ongoing issue with the Bears and and that's why guys I mean the frustration level is so palpable because Bears fans have seen this for generations I mean the offensive problems have been around forever and this is the reason why people were suspect of the Bears being five and one Nick Bowles did Jeff as you alluded to 
try to theer, cheer things up and say, you know, hey, the season's still in front of us. Uh, you know, the season's not over. We're going to be okay. It's just hard to believe that the ultimate destination for this team is going to be the Super Bowl when you see an offense just every single week come out and, and look just as lethargic as they look. I mean, guys that can't score in the red zone, they're tied for fourth worst in the NFL with red zone touchdowns. The offensive line, we, we know, can't really do anything right now. They can't run the football. Some of those play calls, like the Cordero Patterson, just don't, don't make any sense on fourth down. Nick Foles was very average tonight with those two interceptions. So you add it all up, and, and this is why that, that people, even at 5-2, and two, the Bears are 100% strong playoff contenders, and they can still get there. But what is that staying power guy is going to be in the postseason with an offense like this? J.D., I think you, you, you made an excellent point, when, particularly when you're talking about Brian. There's no miscommunication there. No. Nick Foles said what he said to Brian Greasy. And one of the things I know about Brian Greasy is that if he had any inkling that he shouldn't repeat what was told to him, he never would have said it. So, and you also mentioned, you know, Brian's been in some tough situations too. I remember when we were in Denver, he had, he had issues, right? And, and, and one of the things that happens, he understands this game. He's not trying to make things up to try to make a name for himself. So I truly believe he, that was communicated with him. The problem is Nick probably didn't say, hey, Brian, this is off the record, but here's where we are. But, but what kind of damage do you think that could do to a relationship between the quarterback and the head coach? And, and I'm sure they'll talk it out, but right. do you think that hinders their relationship a little bit? Well, I mean, I would hope not because – they're not changing. I mean, this is going to be how it's going to be for the rest of the year. You think, well, I mean, the last thing that, that Nagy wants to do, I'm sure, is put Trubisky back in there. But if this continues, you know, you know, Howard, that that narrative is going to go out there. I mean, Foles is very limited in terms of his mobility. And with the offensive line being this bad, Howard, they are bad on the offensive line. And they face right. pass rushers like this and good defenses like this. Uh, Nick Foles is going to get hit and he's going to get hit a lot. So, I mean, from a mobility standpoint, Trubisky would be a lot better to have out there. But, you know, the trust level between the head coach and that quarterback just isn't where it needs to be. It never was. So, I mean, you know, for the sake of the season, you know, they got to obviously hash it out and maybe an apology is made or just a clarification. Because, look, guys, here's the reality. They only got to get to 10 wins. They got five right now, right? I mean, mm-hmm. are they going to beat the Saints? I don't know. Titans? Eh, maybe not. But they can still split with the Vikings at least, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Because that's a bad team. Uh, <laughs> they got the Lions again, winnable game. You know, Texans and Jaguars are both really bad. They're both, what, one and six, I think? Yep. So, I mean, it's there. They can get to it. They're not going to be an inspiring team, and I'm sure the nation is going to throw up the next time they're on uh, nighttime against the Vikings on November 16th, but this is the benefit of getting off to a five-win start this early in the season. They're going to have games like this, but they can still get to the playoffs. Now, that won't happen if there's some sort of internal issues. I saw that with you know, Trustman's last year in 2014. Guys, that was ugly. I'm sure Howard has seen that firsthand on occasion. Yeah. 
you, you can't win mm-hmm. when there's double crossing and backstabbing inside a building. So I, I hope for their sake they can, they can work this out and be ready to go. It's a short week now, you know, cross-country flight, and they got the Saints on Sunday. Now, it is a 325 game, as Jeff mentioned before, but that's not easy to have that type of turnaround against the Saints. No doubt about it. And I'll even add, J.D., that uh, if, uh, if they get four more wins and they just get to nine, that might be more than enough with 17 sure. in the playoffs this year. It certainly seems like if they don't make the playoffs, we're, uh, you know, hell's coming for breakfast uh, later this season if they can't make the playoffs. J.D. is brought to you by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. Jeff, what were your thoughts when they lined up on fourth and one from their 20-yard line to go ahead and perform what was what they were hoping to be a quarterback sneak, only to have uh, Rashad Coward go uh, offsides with a false start there and um, prevent and maybe save Matt Nagy from himself. Thank in that goodness. Situation. Thank goodness. <laughs> it was a, it was it was going to be a close spot. Now maybe he got it, but it, it was going to be a close spot. I mean, I mean, to me, you know, look, when you're doing that, it's max of desperation. Mm. Like I, I don't I don't feel like a team that is confident in their offense to put together four good quarters, does something like that. And, of course, it was a penalty, just like Jermaine Effetti's penalty on the opening drive uh, kind of sunk that thing. Um, I mean, to me, it just, it just speaks of the Bears. And then I go back to the Cordero Patterson fourth-and-one pitch play. I, I, just, I just can't believe that that was the call. I, I just don't understand these calls to him. Um, you know, Patterson is a, a – he runs very hard. He's a Pro Bowl return man. Although Matt Nagy did not seem happy about special teams, I bet he's probably seen enough of Patterson taken out of the end zone nine yards deep, and maybe Ted <laughs> Ginn could feel the punt. Uh, because yes. He, he put Johnny Hecker back in the Pro Bowl tonight, I think, um, with his performance for the Rams. But it, it, it's just like they just find ways to, to make the most boneheaded decisions and penalties at the worst time. Um, I mean, 4 of 14 on third down tonight. You know, that, that, that is just you know, 14 first downs only, and so much of that came in, in, in garbage time. Um, yeah, it's, 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 hard to, it's hard to understand kind of what's going on out there. I mean, there is just such a, a – they're just so lost on offense. No, nothing works. I mean, Colt Komet makes two plays, and you're like, okay, here we go. The 37-yard completion to, 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 to Komet was a great throw by Foles and a great catch. He comes right back to him. And he finishes the game with exactly two catches on two targets. Like, yes. How does that happen? But that's the Bears. It happens. It, yeah. It, it, it's been really frustrating. Frustrating to watch. And, you know, you, you, you go back and, and you think about, you mentioned it. Patterson runs hard. It's no doubt about it. When I go out the house and I start jogging, I think I'm running hard too. But it's still like 11 minute miles. I mean, so I ain't running that dang hard. All right. So they got to. They've got to find a way to put your offensive line in a position where you can have some success. But unfortunately, when you're a genius, you don't have a two, you don't normally have two back sets. You're normally going to be in the shotgun. And those aren't great situations to uh, create momentum for your offensive line to be able to just take off and, and try to control the line of scrimmage. I, I really don't know where this team goes, J.D. No, I really don't, I don't know. because, you know, and, and I do. I really appreciate what he does, Coach Nagy does from the front of the room, and not wanting to throw his guys under the bus. He waits to Monday. 
But I, I just don't know how he, he continues to, you know, motivate this group. And this group is motivated by him by the way he's calling these games. It, it's it's got to be frustrating for to watch. It's obviously frustrating to watch, but it's got to be frustrating to cover as well. Well, first of all, you're running like 13 miles when you run your miles. I follow you on Twitter. I see the path. On Twitter. So what's not 11 miles, 11 minutes a mile is like 13 miles. So. Yeah, we all see those um, maps, those Google maps. We see the map. Shame Howard. Here, here's, here's another, again, I, I hate to go back to the, to the backfield, but you draft David Montgomery to be a three-down back. And what he does very well is he breaks tackles and gets yards after contact. So why, when you need a tough yard on fourth down or third down, why is he not getting the football? I I, I mean, again, for the life of me, I can't figure out how he again ends the game with 14 rushing attempts for 48 yards. To me, there just seems like there's so much more there, and it's just never coming out. So I don't understand that at all. JDM, it is. Go. Um, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Chuck. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I mean, it, it, would, it would be more difficult to cover, quite frankly, if we were allowed in the building or to be around mm-hmm. these guys, because that's when it's really tough when you're there and you, right. you get the frustration, the heat coming your way. But now, when you're just on Zoom, I think everyone is just perplexed because all you can do is ask questions, and you only get one question, you know, one time uh, to ask a question. Uh, as we let you go, J.D., I did want to follow up. And because you point out the Zoom aspect of how everybody's being covered these days, did anybody uh, use their question on the fact that uh, Matt Nagy elected to take one timeout with him into the half instead of forcing the, the Rams to punt at the end of the first half? Or think, did that have, does, that, does that have to wait till another day because Brian Greasygate took over? Yeah, that'll probably be tomorrow. He's okay. talking at noon tomorrow. So you only get one in the chamber, guys. And then uh... – <laughs> And then they just pass you up, and you don't get back for second. That's, that's, Listen, I understand. It certainly wasn't the most important, but at the time, it certainly was one of those, just another head-scratcher, like, boy, like, well, you know, you can't take him with you to the second half. Why wouldn't you at least force the opposition to try and make a mistake? But I suppose you could always fumble or Ted Ginn could watch it roll into the end zone. I don't know. He was worried about them making a mistake. That's the problem, Jeff. When you do that. Yeah. You're worried about you're worried about more self-inflicted wounds, right? That's why he's yeah. that. He no doubt. Team. That's but that's that's a terrible place to be at, especially when you consider like optically, it's five. They're five and two, and boy, it feels like they're two and five right now. Yeah. But let's uh, let's let you get back to work, and uh, I know you got an early duty call to wake Parker up. So uh, thanks for hopping on with us, JD. We appreciate it, man. Always, listen, thank you, buddy. Now, the results notwithstanding, it's always a pleasure, boys, to talk to you guys after a game. <laughs> he is Jeff Dickerson, and, of course, he covers the Bears for ESP 1000 and ESPN.com. Uh, I'm Jeff Meller, along with two-time Super Bowl champ Howard Griffith. We've got some more time for you. We're here till 1230 tonight taking your phone calls. Here for two hours after every Bears postgame, letting you sound off. And uh, feel free to share your frustration with us. We'll also hear from Nick Foles later in the show. And we've got... Our brand new sponsor on board for tonight's close call of the game. Brought to you by Harry's Razor. I'll show you, share with you what that was coming up next. This is Chicago's home for sports. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back. It's back. With your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller. Two-time Super Bowl champion, Chicago native, Howard Griffith. Now, back to more. On ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. 
The Bears fall 24 to 10 to the Rams tonight, and they drop to five and two on the year. It is a good time for us, Howard, to welcome in our brand new sponsor to the show, Harry's Razors. They are now part of the Bears postgame show, and they will be presenting the close call of the game every week. And tonight's close call is this play. Batted up in the air and nearly intercepted. It's Gibson again. Couple of good plays in a row by Gibson. But, but he has to he has to finish on these plays. You're going to see him right here just drive downhill on this football. He reads it out perfectly in this split safety defense. You see two go short. He just drives hard on the dig round. Don't swat it down. Catch it. Yeah, he had a lane two to run, Lewis. He catches that football, and he's he may score. That, my friends, is your Harry's Razors close call of the game, and that in a good way. Brought to you, of course, by Harry's Razors, created to be a little bit different, honestly priced, and made with integrity. Go see for yourself at harrys.com. Howard, uh, you know, when you're playing safety back there, it's nice to uh, get a pass defensed, but uh, it's even nicer to create a turnover and maybe even a pick six there. And Tayshawn Gibson had an opportunity. And look, I mean, it's, you know, it's certainly, you know, you're not going to, you don't want to harp on it too bad, but it was an opportunity there for him to make a play. And he kind of, kind of just, I don't know what he was thinking in that situation. <laughs> Sometimes you, you know, you've heard me talk about affordable plays. They're mm, about five yes. in every game to change the outcome of the game. And, and that was one of them. And, you know, you, you, you think you, you got to be able to make plays like that. And it's, man, it's hard, man. This, this game, this game is not easy. You know, when we talk about it, it sounds like it really is easy because it's blocking, tackling, you know, you know throwing to the open receiver, being able to protect you. It, it, it is an easy game when you talk about it. But execution, there, you know, you got to have yeah. 11 guys on the same page each and every play, right? So that's 70-plus plays uh, from an offensive standpoint where you have to have synergy uh, amongst those 11 players. And, and it's so difficult. It, it really is. And, you know, I know we get frustrated as Bears fans as we watch these guys go out and the lack of execution in some situation. But this is not an easy game to play. Those guys that they're on the other side of the football are being paid very well, too. And it, it, it's hard, but at the end of the day, you know, we want to see our team go out and be able to secure a victory. And in plays like that, that are close, you've got to be able to finish because that's, that's the difference between winning and losing. Those, those type of plays can change the momentum of the game. There's no doubt about it. And that one initially, you're watching it, and as it, as it unfolds, you're like, oh, sweet. He steps in and makes a play. And then as you see the replay, you see that he actually had time to kind of make the adjustment. And, look, he may not have been able to to grab it and, and pick it, but at the very least he could have made an, made an attempt to intercept it, but he just swatted it down. And you heard Lewis Riddick, a former defensive back there, uh, break it down for you. And then Brian Greasy even point out the fact that um, there was a lane potentially there for him to have a big return on it. So that is uh, your unfortunate close call of the game presented by Harry's Razors. He's Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. We've got more Bears post game for you. 312-332-3776 if you'd like to be a part of the conversation. We'll also hear from Nick Foles shortly. Bears post game show on ESPN 1000 back in two short minutes. <laughs> 
The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Post Game Show is back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Anthony Miller, third-year player out of Memphis. His teammates had a good time with him. They voted him the most likely to be late for a practice at a, at a virtual gala this past week. <laughs> they were giving him the business. Were they giving him the business, or was that an absolute indictment on your lack of professionalism? I don't know, Steve Levy. You'll have to tell me. This is the Bears postgame show brought to you, as always, by Miller Lite, the official bear of the Chicago Bears. I'm Jeff Miller, alongside two-time Super Bowl champ Howard Griffith. Howard, uh, what do you think of when you hear Steve Levy out uh, Anthony Miller as being the one voted most likely to be late to a Bears practice? That's not good. <laughs> that means your teammates don't believe in you, and they've seen it, and they know mm. something's wrong. So that's not what you want, right? Yeah, not what you want. And it's, it's, it's interesting that we, we found out a lot about the Bears, whether it's coaching or players, through the announcers tonight. There's no doubt about it. The skeletons were being let out of the closet today. That's, that is certainly for sure. And we've been critical of Anthony Miller because, look, he, he makes a, a nice play in the opener, a big touchdown catch. And then, you know, in the subsequent games, it seems like everything that could go wrong has gone wrong, wrong for him. But as, you know, as you hear that comment, it just makes you wonder, hey, um, you know, maybe, you know, as much as, as much fun as it has been to watch Darnell Mooney play well in his first year, maybe it's not all Darnell Mooney as the reason why he is now starting ahead of Anthony Miller these days. Yeah, it's um, it's telling. Yeah, and, and you know the thing about it when these uh, when the announcers come in, they get opportunity to speak to the to the players, and they're, and they're following storylines and they're hearing things, and you know they want to get answers to certain things, and you know they know what they're doing. Right, mm-hmm. they, they know exactly what they're doing, and and you get information sometimes that you weren't expecting, and it's like gold, right? Like Nick Foles was gold for Brian Greasy this mm-hmm. this week. It, it absolutely was, and this is something that this not only going to play out for the next couple of days as the Bears get prepared for the next game, but this is now going to be something that we as fans are going to follow for the rest of the year. Are they on the same page? I wonder what happened here. He's looking cross at Nagy right now. They they seem to be having a very interesting conversation on the sideline. I wonder are they on the same page? It, 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 it continues to create things. Yeah, and it will, as you said, it will certainly be a story storyline going forward here in the near future and possibly for uh, the entirety of the season here. Uh, if you missed it, we will let you hear what Brian Greasy had to say about um, Nick Foles' revelation to him. And we will also let you hear from Nick Foles, who addressed the Brian Greasy comments in his postgame Zoom with the media. But uh, time now for your calls here on the Bears postgame show on ESPN 1000. Let's check in with Robert, who's in Phillip Park. Robert, you're on with Howard Griffith and Jeff Miller. What's up, my man? How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Um, I pretty, I pretty much, I, I think we all can somewhat agree that uh, I think Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, and Matt Nagy's play calling are the two top. Well, because um, Nagy hired, I'm sorry, uh, Pace hired Nagy. Um, so I think once I want to go back to one key play. It was I think it was a third down, 
and Foles overthrew, uh, I think it was Mooney. And he had him beat, but, of course, I, to me personally, I think Foles didn't have the time to complete that play because of bad off- offensive line play. Um, to go on offensive line, I think that – I think the offense flows better in a no huddle. I think they need to go no huddle because Foles, to me, is a pocket um, a passer. And also, I think they need to run read option. I didn't see a lot of read option in this game. Um, also, I want to go back to the co-commit. Uh, he made one of the best catches this year, and I never saw him the entire game, the rest of the game. I don't know. You used your first – well, your second-round draft pick because I believe the first-round draft pick was with the uh, Khalil Mack trade, who's playing well. But you used your first pick on this guy. I think that some of the best offenses in this league run through your tight end. You got, you got Kelsey in uh, Kansas City. You have Kittle in San Francisco. And Garoppolo is not even a, a good quarterback. However, my point is if you somewhat – could run your offense through him. I'm not saying he's Tony Gonzalez, but I feel like the offense could open up things for the Anthony Millers and, you know, the, the Robinsons or the Grams and, and the Moody. So run the offense through, um, through commit, hopefully. Um, and I want him to uh, give up play calls, please. Can, is there any way, one more question, is there any way he could hypothetically give up the play calling to logins mid-season? And that's my last question. Well, it won't be Dal Loggins, Robert, because he's no longer on the coaching staff. But uh, if you're looking for someone like, like like Dave Vergone or John DiFilippo, who's called plays to step in, I mean, I'll let Howard uh, speak for himself, but I don't think there's any chance Matt Nagy is uh, going down with this ship without him being the one, you know, steering it. So I think he will be playing, calling plays at least for the, I would imagine, for the entirety of the season. And I would bet for the majority of his coaching career here with the Bears. Yeah, I think absolutely. He'll be the guy that's calling the plays. As, as far as the read option, I, I, I know a lot of people like to see the read option. and You see what some other quarterbacks have the ability to do, but unfortunately, Nick Foles does not have the skill set to be able to run the read option. Uh, he's not a threat running the football. Now, when, when Mitchell Trubisky is there, then there's a threat. But with Nick Foles, there is no threat of him running the football. They're going to they're gonna say, okay, we're going to take the back. We'll eliminate the back and let Nick Foles try to make a play. So, you know, I, I do, I, I get it. People are, are, are grasping and, and they want to try to figure out how you can, you know, make this team better. But it, it's going to be a difficult, it's going to be a difficult process because of the fact of the matter is what we've been talking about for several weeks now. There's an issue up front. You know, mm-hmm. those five guys up front is it, it, a major issue. And, um, the way Nagy, the offense that he wants to run is not going to be predicated on having two people in the backfield, two people or, or having two tights that are inline blockers. That's not what he does. That, that's, nope. not his, that's not his forte. So we're unfortunately going to have to bend and grip, uh, bear it because this, is, this could get ugly. It, it really could. Because once, if you can't address some of the issues you have up front, the one thing that will continue to happen is teams are going to continue to put the, those same, uh, whether they're blitzes, whether they're line stunts, until you're able to block it. And if you can't slow them down, you're going to get a steady diet of it. No, there's no doubt about it. And Howard, you bring up some interesting points here too. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if Matt Nagy has, you know, the arrow in his quiver to turn to when he needs to make some changes. Look, um, and, and I've, I know I bring him up all the time. and People are probably sick of me 
uh, talking about Kyle Shanahan. But you see what what he does in San Francisco, and look, it's not like they haven't suffered some 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 really some pretty crippling injuries on their offensive line. I mean, they've got Hironis Grasu who's starting for them, who Bears fans will remember, you know, could never get on the field. And when he did, he was Mm -hmm. an an abject disaster. He was uh, uh, on the field for them yesterday. They've got a former uh, AFL player also starting for them this past week. So, listen, I I just, unfortunately, Matt Nagy wants to run a spread offense. And he told us firsthand when he came here, he wasn't brought in to run the I formation. And, And unfortunately, I don't even know, you know, how much knowledge he has in running some, you know, some basic pro form stuff. He's he's he wants to run a spread formation. That's what he was brought in here to do. He had some success calling plays in Kansas City. And I think the one thing Bears fans, you know, maybe maybe we're finding out a little too, you know, uh we're we're finding out about this in a way that we wish we weren't, but like how unfortunately how much power does Andy Reid have when he's putting together a game plan for some of his play callers, you know? I mean, that's the one unfortunate thing is you never know until they get into the building and start running your offense, how much of the fingerprints is their offense versus what Andy Reed was, you know, allowing them to have some input in and giving them that designation. But in truth was, you know, Andy Reed's one of the greatest play callers in the history of football. You, you know, unfortunately the bears did not get him when they hired Matt Nagy, they got a guy they thought would be like him, but right now we're finding out he certainly is not that. And this, that's not unusual, right? You, you have a system set up at, at a certain program uh, or, or organization like Kansas City, mm-hmm. and, and people want to go or general managers, owners, push to say, you need to get somebody that can do that. And the, the GM is like, eh, I don't know. Well, yeah, I need to get somebody that can do that. I mean, we we watched this disaster happen when you talk about people going into the Belichick tree, right? You, you've seen it happen. Just because you get someone out of a successful program or organization does not mean that you're going to have that same type of success. It, 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 that's not how it works. It's not mm. how it works, but when you have ownership, fan bases that need to win now. We can't wait a couple of years to build. We got to win now. You start going and you start looking for the, you know, the hot young assistant that's out there or the, the scheme guy that's out there, the genius uh, that's out there that can maybe turn this around and, and get you to a place where you want to be. No, yep, no doubt about it. All good points, and I see the folks in the Twitch room. Uh, you can always remember watch us on Twitch. We're at uh, check it out twitch.tv. I'm sorry, twitch.tv. We're at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Some of the folks are mad at me saying, "Yeah, but the uh, 49ers were successful in the uh, in the run in the play calling, and they had a day with Jeff Wilson running the ball for me." That's my point. Is that you know you t- it doesn't even matter the personnel. Sometimes you see you know elite coaches put their players in positions to do the jobs that they can do and carry out and do well. And, you know, at, at one point, Charles Leno and Robert Massey were serviceable tackles. And I don't know what's happening and why they're no longer even serviceable, but things have gotten bad on the offensive line. And I think part of the problem we're seeing is that Matt Nagy is really not helping 
to, you know, not, not maybe not fix it, but he is, he's having a hard time even managing it. And that's where we're having all these issues as bears fans watching a five and two season, just really feel, um, Pretty pretty difficult right now. Uh, we do have to let you hear from Nick Foles, and we have a couple of callers still hanging on the line. Uh, we've had a lot of calls tonight. We do appreciate your patience, Derek, Stephen, David. We will get you in here before we wrap up, but we will let you hear from Nick Foles as well. Can he clarify what Brian Greasy, the cat that he let out of the bag, we'll let you hear from him coming up. Uh, coming Good up luck. Next. <laughs> a two-time Super Bowl champion, a two-time winner of the ESPN 1000 Fantasy Football League. And never mind. Howard Griffith and Jeff Mallard. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Post Game Show is back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We were talking to Nick Foles yesterday, and he said, you know, sometimes play calls come in, and I know that I don't have time to execute that play call. And, you know, I'm the one out here getting hit. Sometimes the, the guy calling the plays, Matt Nagy, he doesn't know how much time there is back here. And so that's something that they have to get worked out. That was the voice of Brian Greasy tonight on ESPN on Monday Night Football, breaking down a Bears loss to the Rams, 24-10. The Bears fall to 5-2 on the season. This is the Bears postgame show on ESPN 1000, brought to you by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Howard Griffith. We've got about 10 more minutes left here. And before we wrap up with our callers here, Howard, let's uh, let the folks hear what Nick Foles had to say about Brian Greasy's comments. And Nick, I wanted to ask you about a, um, a conversation Brian Greasy said he had with you that he relayed on the uh, ESPN broadcast, broadcast. He said that you told him sometimes play calls come in and I don't know and I don't have time to execute that play call. Is that something you've communicated with Coach Nagy? And how do you get on the same page uh, with your coach in terms of that play calling? Yeah, um, that was definitely a miscommunication with Brian and I. Um, you know, we do these pregame um, conversations the day before the game just to give them information. Um, that conversation, uh, Coach Nagy and I have a great great conversation on the, the sidelines. So there might be times where we, we go through it beforehand and say, hey, what do you think? And there's times where you got to get the ball out quick and whatnot. But um, in those situations, like Matt and I have a great relationship on the sideline with con- conversations and everything. I think, you know, in that situation with Brian, it was just a miscommunication of words because that's not what um, I was trying to uh, bring across in that conversation. Right. right. Could, could you just be a little more specific in what the miscommunication was? Uh, with that, say that again. Well, well, could you be just a little more specific with what the miscommunication was with that? Well, what he was trying. So when Coach Nagy and I talk on the sidelines, we'll go through plays in different situations and go through a defense. And I'll, I'll be honest, like, hey, you know, right now maybe get the ball out quicker. Um, they're bringing some pressures, whatnot. So I, we were talking about game situations and game, you know, different, you know, Coach Nagy and I's conversations and our relationships. So. Um, part of that was, you know, the detail, hey, maybe we don't have the time right now for this type of drop because of what they're bringing and the pressures they're bringing. It's easier with that to, hey, one, two, three, ball out. So um, that's where the miscommunication lies. Is Those are actually conversations Coach Nagy and I have on the sidelines um, so that when we go to the field, we're ready to roll. And I think that's a valuable relationship I have with him to be able to talk like that. And understand specifically, y'all heard me talk about, you know, each game is its own entity. So you have to understand how to play it in the appropriate way. Jason Leisure. 
Nick, with all the struggles you guys have had, what do you feel is right with this offense right now? Uh, you know, that's a tough question. I think the biggest thing is, you know, throughout the season, um, you know, at times we've been able to make plays to, to help our team to put us in position um, to either come back in games or win games. Um, tonight was not one of those examples. Um, we didn't, you know, we didn't play well um, offensively. Um, and it's tough. It's, uh, you know, you go out there and you prepare all week. Uh, you want to go out there and you give it your all. And, you know, the Rams did a nice job on us tonight. They did a really nice job. They played fast on defense and, you know, disrupted us. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, this is one game. And, uh, you know, it's been a crazy season. And obviously we've, we've, we've talked about this a lot. And um, my mindset is, continue to look at it, continue to have these conversations, continue to work through this because the season does continue on. Um, it doesn't stop right now. Um, it's never easy. It really tests you as a player, as a person, because it's not easy. You come to your locker, you, you hurt, you hurt for your teammates, you hurt that you weren't able to make enough plays that we lost. But um, ultimately it does, you know, allow you to grow because it ultimately sucks, but you, you have to learn how to get through it. So that's what, that's the stage where it as a team, we've been fortunate to come out back in some games and, you know, this was not one of them. Pat Finley. And Nick on, on the pick that got tipped, what did you see when you, when you were rolling left and throwing it? Um, the first one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they, they came down on a mill and then I was trying to shoot it to the corner of the end zone to give Mooney a chance to make a play. So they made, they made it, uh, the defender made a nice play tipping it to his teammate. So unfortunate, you know, Dion Miller. And Nick, if you and Matt are having these great conversations and you feel like the offense is ready to roll when you take the field, what, what do you feel like is, as he said, so obviously off right now? Yeah, I mean, if I had the answer right now in this moment, um, we probably wouldn't be, you know, talking about it. But I'd say just, you know, keeping it real. Uh, this is this is where you test your culture. This is where you test the people you work with, whether it's the coaches and the players. Like, who are we going to be? Are we going to be in it together or are we going to go against each other? Um, that's sort of the crossroads. And we're, we're very fortunate to be, you know, at five and two. Um, everything's in front of us. Season's not over. Um, I think that's important to remind every single person, you know, not only in the locker room, but out there, you know, the season's not over. Um, we have to continue to work through this. Conversations are important and then obviously implementing. So that's something that the coaching staff, the players, everything, we have to continue to look at ourselves in the mirror and ultimately be there for one another and go through this thing. Um, like people that care about each other. And it's the toughest part of sports, but I know someday when I'm done playing this game, I'll look back and miss these moments in the sense of, wow, that's where those special relationships are made. Um, and, you know, the tough times. Because, you know, I look back and on some special years and there were some games and some special seasons that sucked. That you got to the locker room, it was like tonight, it's tough, it hurts. But the good teams really find a way to get through this in a positive way and improve. And you know, I've, I've said it from the the moment I got here, I really like our locker room. I really like our locker room. And I, I know that this is a locker room that can take this and turn it into a positive. There you go. The starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears, Nick Foles. He sidestepped the greasy question as best he could. But um, I think he let you in there a little bit. I don't think – I'm not convinced that, uh, Howard, that uh, Brian didn't give you exactly what uh, 
what Nick Foles told him and whether or not Nick Foles wanted it coming out that honestly, it maybe, you know, that's on Nick, but uh, I, you know, I think he lets you in just a little bit there this, on the second follow-up when he was asked to be a little more specific and he really couldn't, he kind of told you, yeah, look at sometimes the, I don't have enough time, you know, maybe Brian Greasy was a little more blunt in the delivery on TV. Yeah. Because Brian doesn't have to walk in that locker room tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick Foles yep. does. Right. But Nick mm-hmm. Foles said what he said to Brian Greasy. And, you know, it, it, it's facts. That, I mean, that's when you when you watch them play, the reality is he doesn't have time. And, you know, that's something that they have to deal with, you know. And, mm-hmm. and don't tell me about tough times and all of that stuff. And it doesn't matter. Listen, th- these guys are paid uh, – really, really nice salaries to go out mm-hmm. and be professional athletes, right? And it's it's a result-oriented business. And if you're not producing, the reality is you're not going to be around much longer. And unfortunately, at the offensive line position, you just can't make – those guys aren't just walking around. They just aren't. Let's uh, go to – the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Let's go to uh, Derek on the south side. Derek, uh, quickly, because I want to get in a couple more calls before we wrap up here for the evening. What do you got for us, Derek? Hey, how's it going? Um, I want to talk a little bit, a little bit about the Rams. Um, I think they gave this great blueprint on how to attack our defense. I mean, when you have an offense that you're just going to get three and outs, just <laughs> run no huddle. Because at the second half of the game, the Bears' tackling was horrible. And because they're winded, they gassed. And so... I just think that from here on out, especially these next two games, oh, I'm not even going to think about Derrick Henry was going to do to the defense if we're gas. Um, <laughs> we got a problem. Yeah, it's a good point, Derek. Uh, Howard, any thoughts on that one? There, there's some issues there, right? There's some issues, and you know the Saints are, are going to take advantage of those issues or at least attempt to. They'll, they'll game plan to take advantage of them now. It'll come down to execution, but we don't know. They've got to get things straightened out, but they can't keep the defense on the field, you know, all game and expect that they're going to walk away with the win. No doubt about it. The Bears may dodge a bullet. It sounds, um, at least early in the week here, it sounds like Michael Thomas may miss this game uh, as well. So that would be huge, obviously, for the Bears' uh, purposes on defense if they don't have to worry about him. Uh, I'll slip in one more here. David in Buffalo, you're on the post-game show with Howard Griffith and Jeff Miller. What's up, David? Thanks, guys. So every week we talk about having to have a running game, and we start the series with one running back a fullback who never plays, and a wide receiver. Is that a Nagy, or how, how are you going to actually run the ball? Well, it's a great question. It, it is on Nagy at the end of the day because he, he has to put his players in position to make plays. And, you know, and I mentioned earlier, there's – this is in my mind. It's not that I know anything, I've heard anything, but it is very clear to me when I watch these two teams, when I watch the Bears and I watch the front office and I watch Nagy at the podium and, and how he handles his team, there's a disconnect between Nagy and management about what this roster encompasses. And I would not at all doubt that as the season progresses, we start to hear more things about maybe a little bit of a rift between those two. 
There's no doubt about it. At five and two, the Bears need to fix their offense. Otherwise, this season is going to, you know, come off the wheels pretty quickly here. I can guarantee you that the Brian Greasy comments are not going away anytime soon. I guarantee they will be broken down all day tomorrow here on ESPN 1000, starting with Cap and Jay Hood at 7 a.m. But even before them, uh, Keyshawn, uh, Jay Will, and Zubin will, I have to imagine, talk quite a bit about this as well. So we're here for you. Don't forget, uh, every single day, ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller, along with two-time Super Bowl champ Howard Griffith. We'll be back next week after the Saints game. Big showdown, 5-2 and two Bears against 4-2 and two Saints. We will be here breaking that one down for two hours as soon as the game concludes. For Howard, I'm Jeff Meller. This has been the Miller Lite Bears postgame show. Thanks for listening, folks.